please stand for the scripture reading? Today we're reading out of John 13, 1 through 17. It's a long one. It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet and their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to the, his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks. be to God. Stand uh, with me as we pray. Lord, teach us to serve as you served us. Lord, you washed the disciples' feet, and you tell us that just as you have done, that we might go out and serve one another. So, Lord, fill us to go out. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everyone shouted, Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. So we are we well within this sermon series now called Grow, and uh, if I may take the analogy of plants growing, some of you know that I, in uh, my undergrad, I often brag about this, I was a biology major, and I emphasized in plants the study of botany, good. And so I study plants, I love plants, I think plants are easy, does anyone else think plants are just easy? No, no one else. They're easy. It's simple. They just need certain conditions, soil, water, light. And if you give them those things, they will grow. It's not rocket science. Uh, I have a small lawn. I, I brag about my lawn, but if you come and see it, uh, it's, it's, it's probably only like about as big as the stage. So it's really not much. But the grass is always green. Why? Because I water it. In Colorado, one of the limiting factors of plants is water. So I always say, you know, people ask me, how do you have such a green grass? Well, I water it, and I water it quite a bit when it's dry. Not these last couple days, because it's drenched, uh, everything in the world. But when it's dry, you water it, and if you water it, it'll be green. It's not, it's not rocket science. And so I, I, will, I tell you that because I think growing in Christ, growing in God, growing in the Christian life is also not rocket science. If you want to grow towards God, if you want to develop as a Christian and grow in him and in his ways, just get yourself in the right conditions. I think people oftentimes try to overcomplicate things, whether it's in the, in the, in the 
in the plant world, they, they buy all this fancy stuff. And it's like, just water it. That's all it really needs is water. Water. It's Colorado. It's dry. That's what it needs. Why is your grass brown? Because you didn't water it. Water it and you'll be fine. I think in the same way in the Christian life, it's like, oh, I want to grow. I want to be a stronger Christian. Well, there's Christian disciplines. This isn't rocket science. That we, We've been going over many of these in this sermon series. So it's not rocket science. If you want to grow in Christ, do things like prayer, reading scripture, gathering together, corporate prayer, meditation, giving, having godly friendships, and serving. That's what we're going to talk about today specifically. But James 4.8, if we could put that on the board, it's a, it's a small scripture that says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Sounds easy enough, right? Right? Can I get an Amen. Come near to God and he will come near to you. It's really not that complicated. If we engage in some of these Christian disciplines, we will grow. And that's how we grow closer to God and he will grow closer to us. So let's talk today about serving. What comes to your mind when I say serving or service or serve? You could, usually at church, you're not allowed to yell things, but for right now only, you can yell something. What comes to your mind when I say service? Volunteering. What else? <laughs> You're doing like hand motions. I don't know what that is. What about uh, wait staff, like the service industry, uh, uh, waiters, waitresses? That's serving. What else? Getting a what? Getting up early to serve. To, to okay, do you got to get up early to serve? What about anybody in the military, former military? Is isn't that called joining the? service and you're serving our country. What about what we're in right now? What are, where are we? We are at a church service, right? And I think when I think of service, I think of uh, being a Boy Scout. Was anybody else a Boy Scout when they were younger? Any Eagles? Eagles? Oh, we got two, three. No, Susan, get your hand down. <laughs> so in Boy Scouts, the, uh, the Boy Scout slogan, you, you probably don't know this, the Boy Scout motto is be prepared. The Boy Scout slogan is do a good turn daily. Good. So you do a good turn. You're supposed to every day as a Boy Scout, you're supposed to be thinking, how can I serve? And and a lot of the Scout Masters and some of the Scouts carried a, a little Boy Scout coin in one of their pockets as a reminder to do some, do a good turn daily. And when they did something good, it didn't mean you were done for the day, but as soon as you did something to, as a reminder, it's like you did something to serve someone else, you would take the coin from one pocket and you would put it in your other pocket as a reminder every single day to at least do one good thing. It didn't have to stop there with one good turn, but do at least one good turn daily. The definition of serving is duties or actions to help one another. In a New Life Church, we think that word serving is really important. In fact, our strategy by, by which we are a church, like what, what do we do? What are we really all about? It comes down to three words, which you've probably heard me say again and again and again. And if you're on our volunteer team, you, you better have kind of an idea of what these three things are because I say them all the time. It's worship, connect, and then serve. And so today we're talking about this piece of serving. And if you think back in our history, some of you have been around New Life Manitou since the beginning of, of when it was just an idea. Then some of you remember when we were meeting monthly and meeting at different times and in parks and in the city hall. And we met all of the place before finding this building, which has been a blessing. But in those early days of like just the idea, like let's plant a church. How do we do that? 
Well, well, let's do the strategy that New Life's already been talking about for years and years and years. Worship, connect, serve. Let's get together and let's worship the Lord. Let's be all about that. Let's gather together and let's worship God. And then let's connect with each other. Let's do things that, that, that have dinner with one another. Let's do events and things where we can get to know each other. Let's hang out after these services and before these services to connect with each other and also connect with the city. Let's do things and be out in the city where by which we can connect with the city of Manitou and get to know Manitou as a city and we as the church in Manitou. And then finally, worship, connect, serve. We took very seriously, how do we serve? How do we serve each other? How do we serve this city? And very quickly, we, we realized we need to serve in Manitou. So, so in the early days, there was lots of projects that, that myself and lots of you joined in on. Some of you were around uh, a long time ago when we, we did a sandbagging day. We've done trash picking up days. We have gone to city council meetings, and, and I and a couple other people have gone to like task force Manitou meetings, and it sounds a lot cooler than it is. Uh, and we, we talk about things, ways to serve the city. And there was this lady, um, I hope she doesn't mind me saying her first name, Kelly, uh, she's not a believer, but she is an activist in, in the city, and she serves her tail off in Manitou Springs, and it was just a matter of time before our paths crossed, and sure enough, I met her, and she was really, she will tell you, she was really standoffish towards New Life Manitou, like, what are these Christians up to like she didn't have a context for 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 us she you know most of the evangelical shenanigans that happen to make the news are just just not good and so so those things make the news so she was just standoffish about us like what are these characters up to and she asked me one time and I didn't really know she was testing me but she was putting me on the test and said so so what does new life plan to do in Manitou why what kind of why are you guys here and I think she was expecting the answer of, we're here to beat people with the Bible, and we are here to tell everybody how bad they are. I think that's what she was expecting me to say. But instead, she said, I was so impressed by your answer, because I said, you know, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> and, and I said, uh, we're here to serve. We really want to serve, but we're not sure where yet. And we're, we're just going to kind of be around for a while. And we're going to find out uh, ways to serve where we're really wanted and where we're really needed. And then we're going to serve in those areas as best we can. And she thought, that's the best answer she's ever heard from a church. And she will say that, that we, New Life Manitou and, and myself, uh, have single-handedly changed her perception of what it means to be an evangelical Christian in, in a good way. Just by serving and having this, this, uh, this desire to truly serve where there are needs. It's very close to us as Christians to serve. I think uh, through theological concepts. In fact, last week I wasn't here. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. But I was with my seminary buddies from, from, from my years getting my master's degree. And it was just like old times. We were just jumping right into theological conversations. And I love that kind of stuff. And even as an early, as a new Christian, uh, as a kid, I always thought about this question. Maybe you've thought about it as well. But why did God create the world? We think about the world and the, the earth we live in and the trees and the streams and, the, and, and this world. And then we think the sun and the moon and the stars and the, the big galaxies and the blah, blah, blah. This, this, the world that we live. Why did God create all that? And as a kid, I thought, well, God must have been 
bored. I, I was bored as a kid. It was before uh, cell phone games and stuff. So I thought, well, God must have been bored and he must have created because he was just so horribly bored. Like towards now, towards like the middle end of the summertime, you get ridiculously bored as a kid. I thought God must have just been bored. And he, so he created us for entertainment value. And, and that's ridiculous. That, that can't be the God of the, the God of the Bible doesn't need anything. He doesn't need to be entertained. And so I, I would tell you that uh, throughout Scripture, there has to be this correlation between God not needing anything, and yet he created. Why? Well, to serve, to love, to give of himself to his creation. So very near to the heart of God, of course, is serving. And the second sermon point here this morning is that we are commanded to serve. We're commanded. We're told, go out and serve. If you want to be my followers, serve. You have to serve. Galatians 5 is this wonderful chapter. Some of you might know uh, Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And it goes on to say, stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened any longer by the yoke of slavery. And this passage talks about how we are to go out, we are to serve, we've been set free from ourselves, from our sin, and we are to use that freedom to serve. Because in verse 13, we'll put this here on the board, uh, Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So we're given freedom. And in most cases, people get freedom and they go crazy. I think about someone who, you know, turns 21. What do they do? They go out and have a party. They go crazy. Think about, I, I know people who are, have been in jail for like drug use. And the day they get out, what, what do they do with their freedom? Some of them, not all of them, some of them unfortunately go right back to the habits they were in. And here this passage is saying, you have been set free. And what does true freedom look like? Well, it's, it's bizarre. It's, it's unusual, at least to the world is concerned. It says, use your freedom. You know what f true freedom looks like? It looks like service to one another, humbly in love. And Jesus does this for us. Jesus not only commands us to serve, but he demonstrates it. Matthew, uh, the book of Matthew chapter 20, 28 says this. It's Jesus really talking about himself because he refers to himself as the son of man. It says, just as the son of man did not come to serve, uh, to, to, to be served, but to serve. He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's think about this passage that, that Jamie just read for us, this passage of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. I've been a Christian long enough, and I've been to some uh, small groups and some church services where uh, they wash each other's feet. Have you, have you been to a service like this? A couple of people, okay. Uh, and, and maybe I'm the only one, but I think that's one of the most awkward things we could do. Like, uh, like you hear the, uh, at least in my, the, my experience, I've probably done this maybe four times of small groups, uh, maybe three small groups and then a church service. Uh, we, we did it at one time as I was the college pastor at the mill at New Life North and, and we, we had a foot washing thing where like a thousand people washed each other's feet. It was, it was a logistical nightmare, but we did it and it was awesome. Uh, but it was, for me, it was really weird. Like I just saw all the tubs and I'm like, oh no, we're going to wash each other's feet. It's going to be gross and weird and I think there's something missing like in our culture like that's just an unusual thing to be washing each other's feet uh, right am I crazy is it is it awkward 
Okay, if it's not awkward, well then go down to the creek and wash each other's feet later um, and do that. But I think there's something that we as a culture, we don't wash each other's feet. That's not a thing. But in the ancient world, that was a thing. You would come to someone's house, people in the Middle East, ancient Middle East, they wore sandals. And, and pardon me if you have already eaten breakfast or if you're about to eat breakfast after this or lunch. Uh, but you would, your feet would sweat and then the dust would get on your feet and then you would sweat again. The dust would get, if you've ever been camping and, and wore sandals, you, you know what I'm talking about. Your feet are just covered in filth and the sandals are disgusting. And you would go to someone's home and you take off your sandals and it's like, well, that doesn't help any. You still, your feet are, still, don't come walking to my house with that. It's disgusting. Um, so you would have foot washing stations at a home, especially if you if you had a really nice home and, and you were a, a, a landowner. Then if you invited people to your house, you would have servants or in the case of the Middle East and the ancient world, there were slaves at this time. So you'd have a servant or a slave wash your feet and then you would come into the house. And we don't really have that. Does anyone have that at their house? Foot washers when you can. Okay, I don't have, we don't have that either. Um, it's just not a part of our culture. But here it was. And so here we read this passage where Jesus takes on this. It, it, honestly, it's a very intimate thing for someone to take their your, touch your feet and be washing your feet. And then it says Jesus had a towel and he dried the disciples' feet. It's a very intimate thing. And Peter has the reaction that probably most of us would happen. No way. Here we are calling you Lord. We're calling you Master. We're calling you God. And you're going to bend down and you're going to take this role of a slave or a servant to, to, to intimately wash my feet. No way. And, and Jesus says to Peter, well, unless I do this, you have no part in me. I, I need to do this for you so that then you will be called to go out and also serve one another. So Jesus not only commands but demonstrates us to serve. It's, it's really not a matter of uh, when can we serve but it's a, or when or if we can serve, but it's, it's really a matter of where. Where are you going to serve? Not when, not if, but assuming it, it, you are going to serve, well, where are you going to serve? There's, there's obviously ways to, to formally serve. Like here at this church, there's lots of things. You can go to the back and sign up and we'll tell you more about the tech team or the band or the downstairs children's ministry or setting up or tearing down or greeting or all these things. There's, there's ways to formally serve at New Life. But, but I'm not really talking about that. It, then that would be great to, to have more volunteers. There's lots of opportunities here. But I'm talking more day-to-day -day stuff. When we uh, are our parents, uh, when we are spouses, when we uh, have jobs, these are areas in which we should be reminded again and again to serve as Jesus did. So let me get to this third point, which, which is that there is a reward in serving. Anyone like rewards? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to be rewarded. And, and there's a reward. Serving is often suffering. We're, we're doing something we don't want to do for someone else because it's a favor to them. And the reward, the reward isn't usually money. It isn't usually that person. You know, sometimes they'll give you thanks. But there is deep spiritual rewards in serving. And one of them, since this series is about growing, it's called Grow, that we will grow towards God as we serve. My, my boys, yesterday, we were uh, down the road this way. Uh, there's this little pond by the swimming pool, and we were going to go fishing, but the water was horribly muddy, and we couldn't see. I assumed all the fish were dead. And um, 
<laughs> but there were some ducks there, so the boys were feeding the ducks, and Max, Rowan, and Jay, Theo was too little, Grandpa had Theo, and, and they were just giggling and screaming. They loved it, and they would throw something in the water, and the ducks would go get it, and they were just loving it. And then Jay said to me, Dad, we're like the ducks' servants. And I was like, wait. Did you just say, like, what? He doesn't know that I'm preaching about this right now, like, that he would say that. But even as he said it, I was like, I, I want to make sure that what you just said, because I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so, what did you say? He said, we're like the duck's servants. And I thought, you're right. We're, we're coming here. We're feeding these ducks. And here they are getting so much joy, huge smiles and squeals as the, as the ducks eat the food. And I thought, yeah, that is, there is great reward when we serve. We serve uh, another place to serve here formally, if you're looking for formal places to serve, which I, uh, I, th I think is a part of this whole thing, but not the whole part. Uh, well, we serve at a pantry in Manatee Springs every Wednesday. We, we partner uh, with a pantry that's already happened. And we've, we've kind of taken it over with volunteers. And every Wednesday, we, we, we go down to Care and Share. We get a bunch of fresh food. It's like organic, good, healthy stuff. People are always impressed. They, they just assume there would be cans of beans, but instead it's lettuce and, and tomatoes and fresh fruit and, and vegetables. And, and, and things. So we, every Wednesday, we serve the city of Manitou by doing this. I've been doing it since January, kind of taking over that role. And um, I was serving one time, and a, a kid comes in, maybe 18, 19 years old, and he looked the part of homeless uh, or housing insecure is the more PC term. Um, and, and he just looked, I had the big backpack on, and it was dirty, and, and I do what I always do when people come in. I thank them for coming. I try to, if there's any, I know people coming to a pantry, uh, there could be this, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, like a shame. And I just try to throw all that away. Uh, and I, I thank them for coming, which is really true. I, I, we wouldn't do the pantry if people didn't come. And so I think I was thanking him for coming and just making chit chat. And he stopped and he said, you know, thank you for doing this. Um, a couple months ago, I was on your side of the table and, and now I'm on this side of the table table and he just he said you know my hope is to get back on that side of the table because that side of the table the side of the serving that it is really truly more blessed to give than to receive and, and I just thought wow like what words of wisdom words of prophecy from this young man who is just saying thank you so much that, that there is this generous reward that, that we get when we serve so last week let me tell you one last story last week I was um on vacation, Erica, my wife, she, uh, for Father's Day, sent me on a, used our airline miles and sent me to California, which is where all my old seminary buddies are from uh, Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, California. And then uh, some of them live in San Diego. So I got to stay in San Diego with my friends. And we went surfing and paddle boarding and fishing. Now you're all just looking at me like you're jealous. It was pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> And so that's where I was last week. And I, my favorite thing was I got to uh, go deep sea fishing. So we got on, I've never done this before, where you get on a, a commercial boat and there's a bunch of other guys. There was like probably 50 other guys to get on the boat and they all have their gear or most of the guys rented their gear. And we all get on the boat and we're going to go out to go fishing and I had no idea what I was doing. I, I, I would like to say that I'm a pretty good fisherman in Colorado with trout in a stream, but I had no idea what I was doing in the ocean. And my friend Lance, he, he kind of knew, so we had some, some rods. And clearly you see some guys, like they, you just know they're good fishermen. What makes a good fisherman? <laughs> they catch fish, obviously. 
But before we even put lines in the water, I could tell some of these guys just knew what they were doing. They were talking the talk. They were walking around. Some, there was two guys that kind of stood out. Uh, the, the first one, I, I never got his name, but he was big and hairy. Uh, so I'll call him the big hairy dude. And another guy I did catch his name. His name was Fred. He was like this short, uh, probably in his late 70s or 80s, had a beard down to his belly button and missing most of his teeth. Just the, the picture, when I picture like a fisherman, that's him. He had boots up to beyond his knees and it was like 90 degrees in San Diego so but he had huge boots on and was just ready to go fit. And he's like clearly this guy knows what he's doing he just looks the part he knew the name of the captain he was already kind of helping other guys giving instructions like guys oh, you want to stand over here while the boat's moving and this and that and they just look like they know what they're doing the big hairy guy and Fred. And so the boat, we, we go out of the dock and, and get out, and the captain comes on and says, guys, you could put in your lines now. And so this big hairy dude, he gets up, and he's already got his line ready. Clearly, he knows what he's doing. And with like a two-handed uh, cast, he just zzzz. It was, I've, ne I've only fly fished or regular like fished off a boat and ocean fishing was totally, he must have casted it like a hundred yards. It's like clearly this guy knows what he's doing and he starts reeling it in and he gets a fish on and I'm like, wow, cool. He's already got a fish. Wow. And he just starts cussing because it's a small fish and he gets these cussing and getting this thing up. And he finally pulls it up and looks at it, takes the hook off and cusses at the fish and like throws it back in the water. What <laughs> in the world? But clearly he's a fish. He knows what he's doing. And he, I promise you, he caught three fish before anybody else caught one. This guy just knew what he was doing. And I look around. I was like, is anybody else catching fish? And I saw Fred. And he was also catching fish. He wasn't making a big deal about it. He wasn't cussing and throwing the fish back in and breaking their little backs. He was just fishing. And when he caught one, he would say, like, guys, this is, this is what we're fishing for today. This is the rock fish, uh, the rock bass. This is what we're getting today. And in between catching fish, he would walk around and say, how are you guys doing? Are, are, you, you, got, you got the right bait on? It's like, oh, no, you don't need that bait. You need this bait. Put this on. It's like, oh, how's your rig? Well, you're, you're rigged up for, like, tuna. You need to get that off there. We're, we're, we're rock bass fishing. And, and the the guy was like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to change it all up. And he said, well, let me do it for you. And he cut his line and he put it on like just as fast as that. He was, he was just walking around serving the boat. And even when we started, we, we moved to a couple different spots in between. I saw this guy walk by a trash can and someone had done the horrible thing uh, of not using the recycling bin for their cans. They put their cans in the trash, not in the recycling bins. And Fred walked by and saw that. So he like opened up the lid and was digging through the trash, putting the cans where they belong. And I just thought, wow, this guy is, this guy is here not to show off, but he's here to serve. He's just like any of us. He, he paid to get on the boat and he's, you know, but he's got this whole different attitude of fishing and of serving. And finally, I, I saw the back of his t-shirts and you guys know, I've told you before, I like Christian t-shirts, the cheesier, the better. And sure enough, this guy's shirt said Simon Peter's boat and it had a little boat with a cross on it. And it said, you catch him, God cleans him. <laughs> and I was just like, that is so corny. But this guy, like, he, so I thought through, like, who's the best fisher? What makes a good fisherman? And I thought about the big hairy guy and Fred. And I thought, you know, in, in my mind, I think the perception of all of you, as I've told the story, and as I think in the boat, uh, the best fisherman was 
Fred, I don't know who caught the most fish, whether the big hairy guy or Fred. If I had to guess, it was probably the big hairy guy. But I just thought Fred is a better fisherman because he's taking more time. Instead of fishing with his own rod, he's walking around. He's serving. He's helping other people. Reminds me of this verse in, in the book of Matthew. Jesus says this statement, Matthew 23, verse 11. Jesus says, the greatest among you will be your servant. The greatest among you will be your servant. And as we lead this time into communion, um, I pray that God will, will, will fill us, that, with, that he will serve us so that we can go out and we can serve. That, that God would wash over us, clean us, that we might take in the mystery of communion to go out and to serve would you bow your head with me? Would you quiet your heart with me as we, we consider these words of Jesus about, about serving? We consider these words about the greatest among us will actually be the one who is serving. And so, Lord, we pray to you here. We are gathered, Lord, to, to proclaim your name, to worship your name. And though we pray that with communion, as we take the mystery of the body and the blood that, that, that you have shed for us, Lord, that we might take them in, that, that we would not be like Peter who says, Lord, never, don't serve us. But Lord, we would listen to, to your words and say, Lord, you said, if you serve us, then we will have a part with you and then we can go out and serve others. So Lord, we want a part in you. We want to go out and serve. Would you, Lord, cover over us, wash us, fill us, with your holy, awesome, and wonderful presence so that we would be full and, and out of our fullness and with our freedom, we would go out and we would serve. So Lord, we praise you, we worship you, and we say amen. Would you stand with me? We're gonna say a prayer together. This is a part of a, a, a tradition that, that I hope is, is never just something we do but it's something we pray together. These words, this is a prayer that, that comes for us through church history. And it's a prayer of confession where, where we say to the Lord, at least in this circumstance, that there's probably been times this week, this day, where we could have served, but maybe because of laziness or, or pride, we did not serve. And so we ask the Lord, Lord, would you forgive us? Forgive us for all the things that we have, we have done or that we have failed to do so that we might be right before you. And when we say these things, when we pray them and mean them before the Lord and we ask forgiveness, then the Lord is faithful and he forgives us. So would you join with me in, in saying this prayer together? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.